Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Clemps. Today, I am joined with a little old artist from Twitter.com. Uh, you may recognize his art because he drew the Gravity Rush Clemps. Ooh, ah, why don't you introduce yourself, my friend, <laughs> and what you do? Hello, everybody. This is Scruffy Turtle speaking from Twitter, you know, the magical place where you know, all good things happen. <laughs> um, I, I enjoy drawing. I love doing things involving my hands and showing my craft online. Um, you may know me because I've drawn Haru um, an obscene number of times, including, you know, Cat. I've talked about Gravity Rush a lot. I love Persona. I recently got into Three Houses. You might have seen my stuff. But um, yeah, I love doing art, fan art, original art. Either one works. And as, with Haru especially, Haru was your, your, your main source of art. Kind of um, art for a long, long time. To the point I don't deny you, it. Yeah, I don't If deny you it. Google the name Haru Okamura, your art would be the very first thing to pop up. Really? Yes, it was her in her uh, workout gear. Oh, beautiful! So uh, it's safe to say <laughs> that, that I feel like you are you you are uh, like myself a big Haru stan and therefore somebody with impeccable taste. Well, thank you. I appreciate um, the fact that you also have impeccable taste. Thank you very much. I'm glad. I'm glad we're being gentlemen here today. We've all yeah, got our oh, pipes out. No, we're sipping tea and like understanding each other's feelings through best girl material. Oh, it's wonderful. And I I am actually sat here with my gin and tonic. Uh, like an old lady. <laughs> just, Close uh, enough. Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. You can still be fancy. Just you know, hold your head up high and oh, don't that's... slump a little too much. Don't well, slump I was, mm -hmm. drink. I was gonna say like it's, it's the kind of thing where I'm drinking gin and tonic, but I'm hunched over like a fucking idiot. So I <laughs> maybe straighten my back out a bit. <laughs> oh right, you know, we, yeah. There's no ban on cursing. That's a pre that I appreciate to hear that. But, yeah, oh no, for sure. Like, just go, go crazy with that. Um, but yeah, how has your cool. week been? How has everything been in the world of Scruffy? Oh, it's been uh, pretty mellow. Uh, me and my girlfriend have been trying to get stuff ready because we're gonna move out to a two-bedroom apartment. Oh, We've been kind lovely. Of, like, stuck in this dinky small one for a year now, and it was about time we upsized, especially because we have um, two cats, and I believe they deserve to roam around a lot more than what they're given right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the two-bedroom thing sounds like a luxury. Um, I, I, that's always one thing. Right. If I was ever going to move in with a partner, I need to have my own space. Yeah, like I need one specifically for the office because I actually have all my like video game anime paraphernalia stuffed away in a box because I have enough sensibility not to put that stuff in the living room, you know? Sure, I prefer sure. my own space for it. I would rather not have to see like Bara Titty like or, or anyone to see Baratini like coming in from the main door, you know. Yeah, no. I'd rather I agree. have that stuck in my office where no one has to be forced to look at it. We know? see. It's funny. Is you're you're, uh, you're good with that. I I on the other hand uh, am not. I <laughs> my office right now. Um, in my display cabinet we have the Dragon's Crown Sorceress with her bappies Ooh. just flapping out. Um, I've got the me 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 poster to the left of me. Uh, my my office is pretty much like uh. I guess my office is kind of like my hobby room as well, where I, I put course, all of the... Yeah, because I love to collect figurines. I just do. I I don't care that they're inanimate. I just like to display them and go, like, here is a physical embodiment of my hobby. Like, Do you yeah. have um, physical glass cases? What do you store them oh, in? Oh, I do. I do. I bought one from uh, everyone's favorite, Ikea. Oh! <laughs> okay. Oh! 
some, some, some beautiful. It is funny. I bought myself an IKEA wardrobe as well, and while I was uh, mm. while I was setting it up, just the the very high quality IKEA um, IKEA wood decided to uh, get a big fat juicy hole. So now my wardrobe has a delightful big hole in the back of it, and uh, Oof. yeah, this... this is the innuendo stream too. Mm, it's true. It's true. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like, I ask just because, like, I would love a space to put my stuff too. But I don't have anything quite official. I just kind of leave them on the bookshelf. But I would prefer not to get them uh, dusty. I would prefer the cats don't bite off the heads of my. That family. is exactly so. the reason why I had. I, I, I can't stand dust on my figurines. It drives me crazy because they're so. The, the, some of them are so detailed that dust can get in crevices you never thought could exist, and it's like you can see the dust, but no matter how hard you blow or anything like that, you can never remove the dust unless you put it under the fucking like tap or something like that. It's like, God damn it! So putting them in a glass container at least protects them from shite like that. Right. No, the taint cannot be purged, unfortunately. It, yeah, like you mentioned, the crevices are a little too small. Yeah, it is get in, unless you want to go for a full cleaning. Oh, for sure. I mean, God, I'm going to a Comic Con in a how how many more days? I guess uh, for people who are wondering what the day is today, it is the 19th of October. That's when we're recording. So Comic Con is going to be in the next week or so, and I always get myself one figurine, one figurine every Comic Con. And uh, right now, my <laughs> oh damn, I'm looking at my glass container and I'm like. Yeah, it's starting to bend a bit, so maybe I should, uh, maybe I should invest in another glass container soon because possibly. I, I mean, I'm only, I know I'm waiting for um, <clears throat> one Figma in particular. I'm still waiting for Ooh. the Haru one to come out. It's oh, time, you know that's a good. Is it the Nendo that you're going to be getting, or is it the? Is it like it's a, the Figma? Just because, like, maybe I can go for the Nendo. It's really cute. I really like how it looks, but. Ultimately, I just love how like cool and poseable the figmas are. You know, put it in a cool pose. I am gonna throw out a throw out a hot take here. I am not a fan of figmas. Um, I prefer huh. statues. You know, where they they don't bend essentially, because I always get pissed off whenever I buy a figma, and their pose on the front cover is so cool. But no matter how hard I fucking bend, they will never look like the front cover. One leg will always be like. Two millimeters off, and I'm like, God damn it! So <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it's your senses that are like making it seem a little like a little less than what you'd expect, especially from something on the front cover. But at least for me, I enjoy the posability. That's like partly because, again, I loved action figures as a kid, and also, um, I guess like my artist background helps me a little bit, where I can pose them in a decent pose without having to break their limbs. That's a good question, actually. When did you grow out of toys? Toys in particular. Um, well, I mean, like, not including, like, the anime figures, I just kind of... Not including me, I'm talking about, like, when, when you were a little kid, and you're just kind of playing with toys, because I, I have, like, these uh, these flashbacks back to when I was a kid, and uh, I used to have these big battles with, like, little milkmen, or, like, little little tigers and stuff like that, but, I, but they always used to be my way of going, like, right, here's my own Final Fantasy battle, and I used to play with my toys <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like, for me, um, what I would use as an everyday thing for, like, my Power Ranger figures to fight, I would use, like, Powerade bottles and bottle caps, and they're, like, the robot 
nation that needs oh. to be defeated. So like, you know, <clears throat> you know, the, the, I would take off the caps of the Powerade bottles and I'd make them move around on the floor like Roombas. And, you know, they would like eat at the fleet at the feet. Nice. <laughs> of, uh, my figures would be like, Oh no, help me. Like, you know, they're going to, they're going to eat me. Yeah. 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 All, all that fun stuff. And it was up to the Power Rangers to defeat the evil robot empire and save oh, the world. You know, like like, sometimes I, I miss being a child, but then I'm like, you know what? Uh, when I was a child, I could, I could buy, you know, I could wait until my mum bought me candy. I can go out to the shops and buy a fucking Red Bull and nobody gives a shit. I can have a Red Bull for breakfast if I want. Nobody's gonna stop me. I'm a 26-year-old man now and I rent by myself. <laughs> nobody can stop me eating candy for breakfast. Not even you, Mum. I love you. Thank you for um, raising me. <laughs> I mean, your stomach can protest, but even then you can deny. <laughs> protest denied. Oh, my stomach has been protesting all day, my friend. I am sick as a dog today. I don't, I don't know what happened, but I got a cold, and then it's like my immune system was like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fuck with your body a little bit. So I, I haven't really been able to eat much, so right now I'm quite emaciated. Um, oh, I've, been, I've been losing quite a bit of weight. Um, thankfully I'm keeping hydrated and that's what you want when, you know, your body is flushing everything out of every single goddamn hole. <sighs> it just makes me feel so... Fluids out of orifices. Quite yeah, about, literally, right? no, trust yeah. me, you and me both, buddy, we're in the same spot. You're gonna probably hear me clearing my throat a couple of times because of, like, the phlegm buildup and what have you. But, you know, hopefully I'm speaking clear enough. You guys can hear you me. You are speaking just fine, my friend. Oh, but yeah, so I guess the other thing I wanted to um to bring up as well is obviously your love for Gravity Rush. I feel like it it would not be an uh, an overstatement to say that you are probably one of the one of the biggest Gravity Rush admirers on Twitter. I haven't shown it as much, and I feel a little guilty about that. But yes, I I really love this game, and there's a lot of things I love about it. I have my hangups, but ultimately, like. The feelings that it brings are 100% positive. I want to hear your hang-ups on Gravity Rush. What exactly is it about the game that you dislike? Because I, I obviously did my fucking video on it, so it's all it's there for people well, to see. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, part of it is the narrative and the story, which I don't know if I could bring here because you know that's all spoiler territory. Like, especially with two. Like, um, if I had to think about gameplay, though. It was uh, largely the stealth mechanics of two, where like, oh. hey, we got let's let's inhibit the best possible free-roaming mechanic ever devised in a game for this small stealth mission or for this little niche um, side quest where, you know, cats, they, they basically put her on, like, a ball and shackle. God, and did I really ever... unfortunate uh, because, yeah. like, you know, the whole point is, like, when you're, when you're limitless, the option should not be to limit it. You know, you should go beyond the limitless aspect of your game and, you know have missions that cater to it, but they didn't really do that, unfortunately. You see, it's they funny, because it in, in, like, Gravity Rush 1, they did it. They they had the very first mission where you're um trying to get the, the little gem, where you're kind of, like, using gravity to walk around the walls and stuff like that, and then, yeah, Gravity Rush 2, it made some very questionable choices, and I can't wait to talk about it one day, um... Probably in 2020. Oh, for sure. I'll look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be a 2020 thing, because I still have so many things I need to cover. I need. I still need to get Kingdom Hearts done. Oh, I can understand. I mean, that's a lot to cover. Well, but I mean, um, yeah. yeah, I was just going to go back to Gravity Rush really quick. and just Please, say, like, please. Overall, yeah, overall, I love this game with all my heart. 
I've mentioned it before, but it came at a really good time. And when I mean a good time, I mean a bad time. It was, it was very opportune. I wasn't doing so well um, near the end of my high school because everyone else had a sense of direction of where they wanted to go, but I did not. <laughs> Mood. And, you know, that kind of stressed me out. Uh, a bunch of other factors put me in a fairly depressive mood. And Gravity Rush came roughly around the time I thought, hey, let's buy a Vita for the sake of Persona 4 uh, Golden, because that was originally just the Persona 4 Golden machine. Again, big mood. (laughs) But then I also decided, hey, I like the cover art of this game called Gravity Rush, and I decided to pick it up. And needless to say, I did not touch Persona 4 Golden for six years until... Because I got so engrossed in Gravity Rush instead. I played the original P4, which is why also why you know I moved on to something new. How much did you play Gravity Rush for? I've replayed the first game like six times already. Damn, dude. Well, to be fair, I guess it's not that long of a game. That's, it's that's... really not. It's really easy to plow through, in my opinion. And, like, I did it. One of them was a speed run, just because, like, you know, it's a lot of fun to, like, mess with the gravity rush mechanics. Sure. You know, cancel things out, see how fast you can get certain things done. But, yeah, no. Um, Kat was an amazing character, and she really led the charge in this game. And I love enthralling protagonists. And, you know, rarely do you ever get an enthralling female protagonist of her caliber. She was a character who, you know, blew my mind when I first saw her and she just kept making me fall more and more in love with her character as the game went on so you know that's why I speak so highly of it and she's she's so she's so um not unique for a Japanese character but she is for the for the archetype of a of a female protagonist in a game the the fact that she actually shows affection towards boys is, oh yeah, that's like oh I've never felt these feelings before. She she's not she's not like uh she's not uh, this is my my worst hated trope in like any media uh, is the pure maiden who in the intro is praying on a windy hill. I just like fuck off. Oh, that's Final <laughs> Fantasy though. God, it pisses me that's off. That's Dragon so Quest. No it's offense. Like, it's like, like fucking um what's that game? What's that cowboy game where you have like a you have a gun? Wild Arms. Wild Arms, Bravely Default, um, with Anya. So. Yeah, no, I, Kat is someone who knows what she likes, and like a uh, girl her age, she'd have those type of feelings, which you know I appreciate. That's she cool. likes boys, and in, in my mind, she likes Raven more than boys. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, like with all the time they spend with each other, and all the times where she's like, "Hey, you know, I know you stepped on me, and I know you beat me up a lot of times, but hey, you know, I still want to be your friend. I still want to be get closer to you." So, like, you know, there's a lot of tenacity in that that I admire. Oh, for sure, for sure. Please, you know, I I know no one else in this crazy world. Please um, accompany me into hell itself. It's very sweet. It is. I love both the relationships. I love Raven. I love all the other side characters. It's not just Cat. I just want to stress that out. Part of me would... I would really, really like to see... I know we're in the age... We are in the age of remakes right now. Like, we are in... Like, everything is being remade. And... Part of me is happy for that. Part of me is also a little bit anxious. There are certain companies like Capcom who are doing it so well, it makes me want to puke. Um, Resident Evil 2 Remake <laughs> blew my cock off with how good it was. Like, oh my god, that game. Um, I didn't put it down for weeks after it came out, and I just got so suckered into it. And I think it was around the same time Dissidia NT came out as well, so... It was like, right, there's Final Fantasy, this franchise which I'm so in love with, and Resident Evil, which is a franchise that I like. 
you know, Resident Evil 4 was my first Resident Evil. Um, I, I eventually got around to playing the other ones, but I was like, yeah, good franchise. Resident Evil 2 Remake, oh, it's shot right up to the top with how good of a remake it is. But Mr. X, man. Mm, so good. Uh, like, my, he was such a good include. like, the way he was included was so great, and the way they formatted it for that particular game as opposed to the original made the fear drop down to your ball sack. I like, shat my, so I shat my pants. It, it is yeah, funny, like, yeah, I, I, oh my god. I, I will go back to my original point, but I guess on the topic of Mr. X, the very first playthrough, you're terrified of him. On the third playthrough, he's an annoyance. No, yeah, you run, yeah, honestly, like, I would imagine that for subsequent playthroughs, you're just running past him. Because you, you yeah. know the timing of his hits. It's the so biggest like, problem with Mr. X, I feel, is that he serves well as a as a first playthrough scare, but in all of the other playthroughs, he's more of an irritating obstacle. Speedrunning impediment. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, the, yeah, exactly. He's the RNG factor. He's the RNG factor. But I do think that makes speedruns that more intense and exciting with Mr. X, because he, he is the, um, the uh, what's the word? The unpredictable element. Yeah, you'll never experience routine doing a speedrun. And that's, that's that, so fun. I love Resident that. Um, but yeah, sorry, my, my point where I was getting to is that Gravity Rush is one of those franchises that I feel, even with 1 and 2, you could tell there was such limitation behind both. Like, I mean, what, I just, what are they thinking with the stealth segments in Gravity Rush 2? <laughs> little things where you kind of feel like uh, the story wasn't fully thought out and things were rushed and da-da-da. One of these more days. Of, mm, go on. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, like, I think it's also a case of just the fact that the story... I think was conceptualized. It's just a matter of bringing it into the game format that made it a lot more difficult. You know, absolutely. And I, I would love to see one of these days a Gravity Rush merge where they take Gravity Rush One and Gravity Rush Two. They throw that game together. They update, you know, they update it graphically so it looks, you know, up to par with modern consoles. They retread the story in a way which makes it more cohesive and we get the fully realized gravity rush i know i know that will never happen i know it will never happen but it's it's nice just to just to think on you know just to dream that matters you know mm -hmm. keep dreaming whether it becomes a reality or not you know as a fan you know that you know i'm still happy with the product but could it have been better and would i look forward to something better if it could happen of course Absolutely, yeah. It's, I, I mean, they've, they've said that they want to make Gravity Rush free when the next console comes out, and the PS5 has been announced for 2020, so... Oh, really? I actually haven't been keeping up with the PS5. I am surprised you didn't see it on your timeline, my friend. It's, it's been like a big thing where they... They did that really... I was, I was making fun of it a bit. You know their state of play? Mm -hmm. their, their, their shite Nintendo Direct thing they have going on? Um, they, they did that, and they were like, here are games which no one will really care about, apart from The Last of Us 2, and a couple of others, and it's like, I am so bored. And then, yeah. a, about a, a week or two later, they're like, oh, by the way, yo, PS5, coming out soon. And I'm like, why didn't you save that for the state of play? <laughs> why didn't you save it for that, instead of making a fucking tweet? I don't it understand. Is I mean, that's probably why I didn't hear about it. I have been filled mainly with Nintendo news. Of all sure, things. sure, sure. So yeah. I haven't really been keeping up with like, oh, you know, the state of plays. 
um, the games that they're talking about regarding it. I'm a big PlayStation fan. I actually was into it more um, than Nintendo for the longest time. Same. It's just that with all the games that I've been recently playing, you know, I haven't really been paying attention to the news. I don't want to get too hard into other games because, like, I know some people can spare the time for it, especially when, you know, it's like their job. Yeah. But I'm very partial about what games I dive into because I would prefer not to get a backlog, you know? <laughs> I like uh-huh. enjoying a game and finishing it as opposed to, like, you know, having to just leave it out there because I can't will myself to finish it, whether because it was, you know, I got busy or the game just itself was, you know, had tedious aspects to it where it was mm. hard to finish. You know, things like that. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. But um, who knows what the PS5 will bring to the table if it uh, brings backwards compatibility for all platforms like it's rumored to do, then, oh boy, howdy, that'll That's be a... That's the big mm. deal, exactly. And that will bring be... back uh, an entire library of amazing old games, amazing purchase. Amazing purchase. Uh, the, the ways they can ruin it, I already know one way they can ruin it, which is always <laughs> online. If they make it always online, I'm going to shit my pants. If they do that, yeah, then you always have to end up paying a subscription, and that's going to be absolutely shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, come on, guy. I, I just like, feel like it's the kind of thing they was... do. It's, it just feels like in today's like day and age, it, feel, it feels like something a, an out-of-touch company would do. Just being like, oh, always online. It's like, it's like yeah, but we don't want that. We don't. Oh. We just don't. Sorry. Just reminds me of how like certain movies think they're in tune with what the kids are into, and then like dump a meme that existed five years ago into a movie. Oh, those are the best. I love those. <laughs> it's oh, like it God. aged not like fine wine, but rather like cheese, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, like stinky cheese has its tastes for some, but others would probably be repulsed by it. The majority would be repulsed by it. Yeah. Speaking of being repulsed, we have questions from Twitter. <laughs> I'm, joking. Oh. I'm joking. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Twitter. I'm joking. So seriously, we do have oh, some boy. questions on Twitter. Um, and okay. we've actually got some good ones. We have got some really, really good ones. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, a question from at Final Flancy Free. And they say, Hi, Clemps. Hope you're having a great day. I'm an aspiring artist, and seeing how you bring artists to your podcast really raises my confidence. It's no problem. My question is, what are you and Scruffy's favorite artists and illustrator that are either uh, video... Sorry, I'm sorry. That are either video game related or work in other media? Um, Would you like to start, or should I go first? Please, go. Go ahead. Yeah, um... For video games, if it wasn't obvious enough with like my persona background, I love Shigenori Sojima stuff. Um, for the most part, mm. he's influenced me a lot ever since um, I was in high school, just because of how cool and stylistic his stuff was. Um, it actually also gave me long neck syndrome for the longest time. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because I drew a lot of long necks back then. Because you know that's how his style was with like Persona Three. Sure, sure. So understandable. Understandably, I ended up like you know. Uh, uh, taking influence from that. But uh, another one, I guess, I could also talk about, which is not video games, is I love Horikoshi's work just because of how dynamic his stuff is for My Hero Academia. Oh, I sure, sure. action. I love action. And I know I don't show it as much on my uh, Twitter, but seeing things like, you know, action lines, movement, posing, perspective, uh, forced perspective, all those elements that pull together a drawing that is full of, like, you know, energy, action, all that good stuff. 
You know, I treasure that stuff. I admire it mm -hmm, a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think he's one of the best people to showcase, you know, the principles of this. And yes. you know, sometimes I even look at his old ma uh, manga panels as, you know, inspiration for like my own stuff. I'm actually doing a collab with um, a friend of mine. You guys might know him. He's Luca L on um, Tumblr. Or not Tumblr. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, he also, he's also a Gravity Rush fan. We're doing a collab where it's uh, Cat versus um, uh, Alita from Battle Alita Angel. Oh, fun. Yeah, and like, you know, he's handling the coloring. I did the uh, sketch and lines. So hopefully you guys look forward to that. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So um, um, I'll just highlight some artists here really quick. Please, please. You know, I won't take up too much time. Um, these are more artists on Twitter that I want to highlight because I love their stuff. Oh, buddy, no, um, honest, honest to God. Like, if you have artists you want to recommend, again, this is this is what I'm, like, not what I made my podcast for, but this is really a time, you know, if people are coming here to, to listen to one of their favorite artists speak, then this yeah, is this is the time for you to shine and tell people yeah, to go out and follow people. Yeah, I got some big ones here and some smaller ones here. Just, I love my friends. I love my mutuals, and, and I want to give them like a little spotlight. Oh, absolutely. Um, Go ahead. Aside from some others, just because like they prefer their privacy and you know, that's fine. I have like some friends in the persona fandom who are really good artists, but like, understandably they don't want to have to deal with too many followers. So sure. Sure. And, um, uh, one I want to highlight is a big artist. I think, you know, Colo draws, they do a lot of like the cute military dog girls. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just like, I'm not going to deny that I am like 50, 40% furry. <laughs> and I do like a lot of that stuff. Well, just because like I grew up with movies like Cats Don't Dance or um, uh, Secret of Nim. You know the movies where they highlight that, and like for some reason yeah. the '70s were really horny for mice. <laughs> Listen, every every everyone every everyone everyone has one furry crush. I'm sorry if you're out there denying it. As I've said a million times, I've said this a million times. If you're out there and you're you're a little baby boy and you see Lola Bunny, listen. All I'm saying is you didn't you didn't feel something for Lola Bunny. You're a fucking liar. You're a liar. Yeah, no, understandable. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's always something from the past that you do not want to dredge up, but then, like, the furry creeps up. It comes for you. Um, but, yeah, I have another, uh, a couple of others. There's this person named Wool, uh, which mm -hmm. is Sodapec, I believe, is their at. They do a lot of really cute personas. Oh, I think I've seen. Yeah, stuff. I think I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have, like, a little cute Haro pixel icon. Um, Makusoko. Makusoko. They are my fellow Haru um, fan in crime. I hope that everybody is going onto Twitter right now and typing these in and following them. Yeah, you guys should know Maku. They do a lot of like really cute uh, Haru and Makoto stuff together. Mm. They've been doing a lot of Three Houses stuff as of late. Their style is very distinct. You guys should be able to recognize it if you see it. Okay. And like you know, I'll even spell it out because I love this person so much and I want to make sure you get it. It's M-A-K-K-U-S-O-U-K-O. Fantastic. They are worth checking out. I love their stuff, and you know, I want to give them that attention. Um, a couple are like actual good friends of mine. There's um, Phrase Fortunes. They mm. are a good lesbian pal that I have known for the, <laughs> from the Gravity Rush random for quite a while. Nice. Great, like you know, um, synth wave. Um, you know, really highly detailed, highly colored stuff. Ooh, um, nice, nice, nice. Irma Ahmed. They do a lot of Claude and Byleth together. Okay. And I love their art because um, they actually did a lot of stuff for Dragon Age and Mass Effect back in the day. Wait, really? And Demon Art. Yeah, oh, do, do you mean do you mean like really fan art stuff, stuff or like actually? Yeah, work? fan art stuff. Fan art ah, stuff. right, gotcha, gotcha. Trust me, they were big in the fan art fandom. <clears> um, uh, they always did stuff with their like their dwarven, um, Grey Warden and Alistair. Oh, okay, okay. And like you know, I love their art style. They've been around for a while since Deviant Art, and I'm glad I managed to find them here on Twitter. Yeah. Um, 
there's a really good close pal of mine. Uh, their name is Vergolifus. Oh my, my God, that's a name. <laughs> Vergolifus, yeah. No, they're a really good friend. They do a lot of Pokemon stuff. They're very big. That on sounds up. To, that sounds uh, right up my alley. <laughs> um, we got Drooling Demon. He does extremely like cute. He has a very cutesy style that's also very dynamic. It's like very like um, simple, but extremely effective. Their stuff mm -hmm. is very worth checking out. And they do character sheets, so if they have open commissions, give them a shot. There we go. And um, finally, there is a, a person I know. Their name is Semu Elo. Mm -hmm. And they do awesome, awesome pinups. It's some of the best line work I've ever seen Ooh, with um, the stuff that they handle. And yeah, just I wanted to highlight these people. There's probably more that I'm missing, and I'm sorry if I forgot you. But ultimately, like... I, I love all the stuff that I, all the stuff I see. I love all the people I follow, and all this comes with being an artist, I guess, to admire the you know your peers. Mm. I don't believe in the idea of being jealous of others. I really hate that because that's how I was back in high school. I feel I like we, we all had like... yeah, we all have moments <laughs> like that. I think everyone yeah. had moments like that. I've had moments like that. Oh yeah, I mean I'm sure we're all human, but just in high school I was such an envious kid. And thankfully, I've finally grown out of it, and I'm only here to support others. I don't want to ever put anyone else down. I want everyone's personal victories to feel, you know, sweet for them. Yes. And I'm only here to, like, you know, highlight the positives of that. It only took until recently, not, not recently, I think. It probably was, like, when I started YouTube that that feeling of being jealous about people kind of, because uh, that really, um, I think it really hit off when I was back in college doing performing arts. Because hmm. acting was always the one thing I could do that people in my family didn't really focus on. Like, my, I, I say that, my mother, you know, she acted in things, but she, she never really took it as a subject, you know, uh, uh, all that kind of stuff. But uh, my, my brother was always somebody who was very hmm. academic. He was always very much... Uh, Kind of, I guess, better, better than me in a lot of subjects, and I always felt a very career sustainable. You know, that, yeah, that's something my parents always like argue about. Yeah, trust uh, me, the art thing was hard to convince. Oh, sure, sure. I, I, I always felt very uh, self-conscious about that, and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna focus on the one thing that I can do, which is, you know, at least, <laughs> at least I think I could, I think I could. It was just uh, entertain, you know, be a, be an entertainer. And so I went into performing arts and. You know, I, I came out with a pretty good um, grade overall, and it was it was during the. It's going to sound so petty. I've probably brought it up in another show before, but I guess I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, which was when it was like an award ceremony, and it was giving people awards for you know um, the best singer, the best dancer, the best oh, no. script person, the per person who was diligent throughout all the year and blah 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 and they get all this and they actually get a, a, like a money prize like I think each person got like a hundred quid which is great amazing and I was like wow that's so cool and obviously it would look great on a CV as well and you're like okay that's so so cool because you get a little certificate and stuff and it's like it sounds so dumb and throughout the last like full month before the awards all of the tutors were quietly nudging me, being like, you're getting the one for the for the best actor. You're going to get it for the best actor. And they were saying, and and I, I being a very self-conscious kid, I didn't really want to believe them. And it eventually got to the point where other students were hearing it as well, and people were congratulating me before 
it had actually already. happened. Yeah, and they were oh, going man, like, oh, congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's so good. Like, well done, well done. And I was like, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. You know, yeah. And I was, I was so thrilled. I was so excited. I was finally going to get a trophy, you know, because my, my brother had a shelf filled with sports trophies and I was there with nothing. You know, I had my Final Fantasy games on my shelf, you know, and I was like, this, mm. this kid... Yeah, with... That's more practical. They don't yeah, yeah. To use them. <laughs> you know, I, I, was like, I was like an average grade kid with average ambitions. I just liked to sit inside and play games, sometimes play them with friends, and I, I had that moment where I was like, I have nothing going on in my life, and eventually acting was the one thing where I was like, I can do this, yeah, and we were all sat there in the in the thing where we were all getting the awards and finally came around to the best actor. And I remember the guy next to me grabbed my shoulders and was like, congratulations. And I was so, I was so like nervous. And then they eventually, I, I'm not going to say his real name, obviously, but they eventually announce it and they go, it's uh, it goes to Ben. And I, I remember the guy's hands on my shoulders that it went from a grip of like, well done to a consoling one. Oh, I can already imagine it. Then. And I remember people, uh, not many, I think maybe two people turned around to see my reaction. And it's it's so dumb. I, I, it was like I was building up my whole stupid younger life just for this one moment. And here's the thing, is that the guy who got the award, fucking yeah, great, great actor. Like, no joke. He was so talented. But the thing which got me was the fact that people were bigging it up for me for the longest time you know being like you're you're going to you're going to get it you're going to get it you 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 and eventually you're the best yeah and then okay. it comes crashing down to the point where you're like i am just average you know i'm a disappointment to my family and it sounds like an overreaction but this was the it was like a build up of so much like self doubt and this was really the nail in the coffin for it, where I'm like, yeah, I'm really just going to be average throughout the rest of my life. Like, you know, that's... That's really unfortunate. They're trying to go for, like, last-minute twist or something. But yeah, and it, just... it's also a shame because it, it... God, did that shatter my confidence. And by doing that, it, it made this... It, it really sowed this jealousy seed in me, you know, where I was so jealous of this person for the longest time. I was like, they took away my moment to show my family that I'm better than what I am, you know? And that, that was really a moment where I was like, and for the long, it took me such a long time to grow out of that. And I'm so so deliriously thankful that I did grow out of it. Yeah, uh, dude, I sympathize with you, like, heavily. Because everything you're saying is literally, like, one for one the same thing that happened to me. I swear. Really? Do you have a story? I swear, dude. Just, it's just, I won't go into it too deep because, like, it's so it's similar to yours. I was sure. going to be given, like, this award for being one of the, you know, best artists in, like, you know... This part of my this part of my school and I was so hyped up to get it and my friends were pretty much saying it has to be you it has to be but it was someone else in the end and it ended up being my best friend oh and you know whether he hears this podcast or not it's okay I have been jealous of this friend of mine for the <laughs> longest time 
he has yeah, always j- had he was always one step ahead of me in everything whether it was academics or whether it was art whether it was like you know uh looking good or just all these things and I Je- jealousy him. is a demon jealousy oh is, yeah for yeah sure. it, it's a demon and, that is sown in you like it yeah, really that, is that was a long time ago now though so for the most part i'm just happy that just like you i can look past it and i'm also here to commend you because nothing feels better than knowing that you're here to support others as opposed to being jealous of others because it is not just a negative feeling but one that like exhausts you to no end yeah you 100 percent feel more exhausted and it jesus did it take did it take a long time because you have to you have to teach yourself not to be jealous and i guess i drilled it too far because now i'm just i i I don't want to say i'm such a non-jealous person like i'm so like blah 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 like no no obviously you still feel jealousy because it's a natural human emotion but when it comes to things like you know uh, I don't know I'm trying to think of an of an example somebody gets more subscribers than me let's say I'm it makes me so happy that I feel nothing but happiness for that person instead of being like damn like you know oh, it sh- should have been me you know like it, it it feels so refreshing to be happy for a person and you know, I mean, the the whole jealousy thing. That's a that's a story arc in the Clemps timeline, which is like, fucking hell, Jesus, maybe six years ago. So it's been a long time since then. But no, jealousy was always a problem, and and knowing that you know you've you've grown past it and all that, it's it's really 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 good. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, cheers to that. Cheers to our overcome the jealousy and being positive and looking, you know, looking forward with looking forward to life and looking forward to the successes of others. Mm-hmm. And, and again, just, just the fact that, you know, get, getting rid of jealousy doesn't make you a perfect person. Like, fuck no. Like you're fighting with flaws every single day of your life. Like, that's, yeah. that's part, that's part of the enjoyment of life, I guess. It's also, I mean, it's all, obviously it sucks, but at the same time, like, you know, through each adversity you overcome, you know, you become a better person for it. And that's something that I always look forward to after any sort of like negativity or sore adversity that I face in life. I feel like we need cigars during this segment. We need like cigars and like dimmed lights. (laughs) Yeah, no, this went from a podcast to like some really deep talks all of a sudden. But this is all just one question. We haven't even gotten to the others yet. That's what's great about, about podcasts though, is that they're tangential. You know, they can go off in so many different directions. And I, 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 that story is so goddamn personal to me because, you know, it's, it's, it was such a defining moment where I, it, it was like every negative thing I've said about myself was proven right in that moment. And it, it, right. it's it, so hyperbolic, so dumb looking back on it, like such a childish thing to do, right? But... It's it's the kind of thing where like uh like that game Buckaroo, you put too many things on the donkey and then the donkey flips, you know. And and that really I've never heard of that, that phrase, but I mean at least I understand it, so <laughs> it all works out, I suppose. It, it's something that I've used for a long time. I forget. It's it's definitely not mine. I'll say that much. But yeah, it's okay. You put too many things on the donkey, and eventually it's like bam, things go everywhere, and you're like fuck. It can take the smallest thing as well, like not winning a piece of paper, which is my case. <laughs> You know, like a little thing, and God, yeah, it just, it just, it's so, so silly, so silly, but, you know, whatever, that's just life, isn't it? You just grow past it. 
try, try your best to be the person you want to be. And it's one of those things which you're probably going to be working on till the day you're in the ground. <laughs> really. And that's, that's the truth. Yeah. Take that just away. Yahoo! Oh, speaking of which, uh, th this question is actually really, really on, on point for what we were just talking about from at uh, Rocks uh, Kinoski. They say, okay. question to both. How do you keep motivated when the brain goblins get real bad and everything you make doesn't seem good enough? How on point to like carry on this conversation? Um, oh yeah, perfect. Um, you mm. see, I actually challenge Artblock to one-on-one uh, -on -one combat. <laughs> and, oh yeah, go on. Um, I, I use my mental muscles to beat it into submission, put it in a headlock, and you know, go uh, Mortal Kombat on its ass. Tell me more. Fuck it up and <laughs> throw it out of my brain. That's what I do. But um, if you want a serious answer on how I handle that, um, part of it is because of the duty that I feel to um, to my followers and to the people who are my commissioners mm. because I don't ever let my negative feelings get in the way of work needing to get done. I think it helps that I've had a lot of like job experience prior where it just, you, you get the job done. Yeah. And that I managed to hammer that into my head enough where, you know, nothing will usually impede me in regards to that. Yeah. yeah but yeah. when it comes to the latter part of the question about not seeming good enough, I've learned that, Whenever you do a craft so often, you're never going to hit that perfect, you know, that perfect drawing as often as you expect yourself to. Or you're never going to do the most perfect thing of your trade most times. Because, again, you do it so routinely, you know, it kind of it gets dumbed down in a way where sometimes it works out the best, sometimes it doesn't. And that's sure. part of just doing something for so often. Or for, you know, for so long. <clears throat> and that's okay. Sometimes the things that you output don't always have to be the best. And sometimes they can just be something that you can be satisfied with. Yeah. And growing satisfied with something, you know, when you aren't presently, that takes a little time. You know, you have to readjust your senses and readjust your standards for that mm -hmm. sake. You have to have like a sense where this is a standard that I want to fill for either myself or for others. Because totally. sometimes when I look at commissioners who really love the stuff, even if I had like some hangups with it, I ultimately become satisfied because my goal was to satisfy the customer. My goal yeah. was to satisfy, you know, what they wanted. And this can even go for just pieces that I post online. If someone shows happiness for the things I draw, you know, my hangups mean nothing to me. Yeah. Because ultimately, you know, someone out there enjoys it, whether it's one person or more than that. And, you know, obviously it helped build up confidence. But for those who are like smaller artists, I urge you to understand that, you know, whatever you do, be satisfied in the fact that you created something and that's not something and like many can boast about yeah it can start off small um it can start off simple but you know whether it comes with time and practice or whether it's a mentality thing that you adjust knowing that you can become happy with what you create i urge that because mr rogers i think was the one who <laughs> did something, a segment on this he drew a house and he's like it's not the best house but what matters is that i did it yeah and i made something out of nothing and i want artists listening to this to be proud of the fact that they can do that even if it's not always the best absolutely i i that's a very very wholesome answer i, I like that one that's really good um yeah, it's a little long-winded but you know thankfully you guys don't you're stuck hearing to uh, hearing my tirades and hearing my rants so you know, you're here for the long <laughs> run you see it's funny i feel like uh 
I feel like for me it's a little bit a little bit different. Uh, sometimes I deal with it okay, and then sometimes I deal with it in a very unhealthy, unproductive way. Uh, mm. So, for example, usually when I'm struggling with a script or I'm struggling with uh, editing or something like that, usually with a script I'll go visit my mum because I can take my laptop with me. It's um, you know I'm out of the house. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give like Jess the cat a lot of food in the morning, so I know she'll be fed during the day. Um, and I'll pretty much just spend the whole day at my mum's house. I will write. I will maybe go down to the shops, get myself some ice cream, just have a a detox essentially, where I'm like, right, okay, different environment. I'm away from my office, where you know, I, I, I try to think of it like, right, I'm leaving my my brain block in my office. Now I'm in a brand new room, it's brighter, you know, I, I, I've got different things, different scenario, right, now I can get back to writing. Usually that works. The unhealthy way I go about it, which is something I do not recommend any of you do, is I drink. And that is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the really unhealthy one, which I... Uh... Drive you to drink. I mean, like, look, there are times where, like, you know, having a small drink here and there could help. Oh, for especially sure. Especially with relaxing, but... Yeah, just not to the point where it's relied upon too often. No, no, um, absolutely. Yeah, there was someone on Twitter, I believe, who was talking about this, and I somewhat agree in the, fa in the fact that, you know, we got to, like, detox ourselves from feeling like alcohol is the way to go with, with things because we kind of normalized it a little too much. Oh, no, we sure have, yeah, we sure have. Um, yeah, and of course I'm not going to deny someone of a good drink, but, you know, not to the point where, like, it kind of fucks you up no, I, I agree. On end. I, I completely agree. Um, thankfully, I haven't, I haven't got myself in like in a, in a horrendous state with that for a a long, long time. Uh, the other week, I had a moment where I was like, I'm not gonna touch this for a while. I'm just going to drink water and completely <laughs> detox my system. But yeah, that they're they're really really it's like a Jekyll and Hyde type scenario with dealing with brain goblins. Uh, I would never, I would never recommend drinking. It's something which I am always trying not to do, because with a drink it can sometimes loosen my brain up a bit, where I'll just think of some really funny shit and write it down, but I should be in a state where I don't need to do that, you know, I should just be able to do that naturally. Um, and that's why I think, you know, honestly, the healthier scenario is just getting myself out, maybe going to a coffee shop, um, change, of, change of environment. Change of environment is so important. Uh, if you're stuck in the same room day in, day out, and you just keep finding yourself stuck in this routine of writing a sentence a day and just being like, oh, God, I'm so stuck. Just getting out, bringing your laptop to a place where you can't click out of your computer and play on, like, a game or something like that. You know, where you can't just pick up your Switch and play it when you're bored. Being able to get out and knowing that, right, your main focus is your work your work is what you're going to get done in this place and that to me is the is a much healthier scenario especially if you are making content on youtube for example if you're making video related products blah 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 um so yeah that, that that's sound that, advice yeah, yeah my, I mean, my... Like, that's why you... <laughs> oh sorry i was just gonna say no, like, okay. that's why like you usually see people like in starbucks or some other place that's not their dorm not their apartment not their house yeah. Because, you know, they're able to get away. And that is a really good way to overcome a hurdle in regards to mental block, art block, or whatever you have. 
Yeah, it, it is my very um, honest answer with that, you know, because uh, I could stick with the, with the uh, you know, all positive one, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm trying my best to be as, as real as I can. And uh, there, there are different, yeah, there are definitely kind of uh, issues which need to be ironed out. As I say, you know, nobody's perfect. We all need to iron things out in our lives. And I guess the biggest, biggest issue with YouTube in general is um, isolation. That is the the worst thing about this job, in my opinion, it is uh, the feeling of being isolated. You know, you're speaking to people all the time, but th there is a feeling of being lonely, just being Doing very your work. Yeah, focusing too hard on work, being able to hardly being able to get out and actually see people. Um, you know, you're you're in your house for most of the time. You have no coworkers. It, it's a very very lonely job, and I you know it's just, so it's um. Yeah, no, it, I feel this as an artist who has to draw at home. Every yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, thankfully, yeah, we both deal with this. So if you guys can, go out. Sometimes, like, if you can overcome, if you do have, like, a little bit of social anxiety, you know, it's still fine to keep to yourself in, like, a corner of a cafe. What matters is that you're wiping your mind clean of, like, the usual um, routine that you do. For sure. And that helps jog your mind immensely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, obviously, I, I'm actually going to move on to a more, a more positive, positive question. This, well, not for the last one, it wasn't positive. I feel like we're definitely getting into deep cigar, dim lighting mood chat now, which is always welcome. Yeah, it's always great, welcome. But, you know, lighthearted yeah, questions are good too. Exactly. So I'm going to move on to a question from at Waladbator2, who says, uh, "Where is Haru screen time? Hashtag Justice for Haru." Now. Context for this question for people who have not played Persona Five. <laughs> Obviously, me, me and Scruffy, we love ah, Haru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haru's our favorite character. I've actually had the voice actress of Haru star on the podcast, Zanfi Huin. Uh, absolute darling. You should go follow them on Twitter. The podcast itself was wonderful, wonderful time. Would love to have her on again. But what is the issue with Haru, Scruffy? Oh, you're throwing this to me? Okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, because <laughs> I, I, I have, I have already fine. technically answered this question with Xanfi. But really? Okay. Well, uh, kind of. Yeah, we went into it a bit, but I would like to hear your opinion on it because obviously you are a big Haru fan. Bring so your. Yeah, yeah, I'm not blind to her flaws. Trust me. Like I like the character a lot, but I understand like the mishandling here and there that's that's come from Atlas. And the big thing about Haru's screen time is again the framing of her entire arc. It's taken by multiple different things and they tried cramming too much into just one arc yeah. where it's congested. And at that point, you know, you're not going to get much time from Haru. The first strike was with Morgana's little tidbit against Ryuji. Which, oh you know, my I assume God. if you're listening to this, you might be a Persona fan. You know of the stuff that goes on. Um, there are two party members that basically have issue with each other, you know. And they have that issue throughout the game. It's not just a one-time thing. But yeah. particularly, it escalates during Haru's arc. And that saps away time from her. We have to, dis we have to solve this dispute before we can really get into her uh, entire character arc. Yeah. And then after that, when she it's supposed to be like a big moment for her to like do something, Morgana comes again and steals the spotlight. And mm -hmm. even after that, with the plot thing happening and to the point where it, it forces her into... Uh, depressive mood for roughly a week and she has to handle things with her company she has to handle things with there and this and that they decide let's not put the spotlight on her let's just make you do these things throughout the entire week as the protagonist without any sort of like 
let's look at her life for at least one or two days <laughs> I know, to see how she's I know. adjusting. It's they so depressing. This is a persona issue, persona five issue in general. Like they don't like cutting away from the pro tag very much aside from like the CEO dude <laughs> mm. <laughs> from time to time. And we don't care about him. We care about our party members. So like, you know, I'm whether it's like Yusuke or on or Ryuji dealing with their issues separate from the protagonist, you know, they're affected too, but Haru is one of the biggest characters affected by this. We just needed a quick aside to show that she's distraught, she's depressed, she's probably bawling her eyes out because um, the company is weighing down on her and there's nothing she can do because her handled it. I, I would have loved to have seen a, a scene of Haru mourning her father. Like, a scene. I, 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 I hated the fact that her... her Morning was kept from us. And I did a comic on this. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, honest, uh, honestly, I haven't. I haven't seen oh, that perfect. comic. Perfect. I'll show you all my Haru stuff after oh, this. But <laughs> um, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, I've done a comic about this, and I 100% believe that Haru was in the worst possible state during that entire week where you couldn't talk to her. And, you know, there's only so much text can show. She says, I'm doing fine. But obviously behind the text, she's probably not doing fine. Yeah. Um, she comes and talks to the Phantom Thieves after the ordeal is over. And she's like, I'm doing much better now. But is she? I really doubt it. It's just mm -hmm. her trying to possibly save face. And that's the thing. These are, everything I'm saying is obviously just, you know, conjecture. Or, sure, you know, sure. Me guessing her feelings. But I, I want to say I know her character enough that I know for sure she feels this way. Because um, in Persona 5, the animation, they actually showed her um, crying her eyes out after re you know, learning about her father's death. Uh, it's almost so, as if it should have been in the game. <laughs> so, yes, it's a lot of mishandling that involves her lesser screen time. And even after her arc, I feel like she could have done more, especially with Akechi, since, you know... Yes. Uh, can we talk spoilers here or no? Oh, it's best not. Per Persona fans and spoilers aren't the best mix, so... Then I'll just say, like, her relationship with Akechi would have been very interesting to tackle because of the stuff with her dad. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. I 100% think that should have been, like, expanded on, and, like, Haru should have tried uh, chucking her axe at him a couple of times. Yes. But, you know, just... There's a lot... It's missed opportunity. That's the general idea of it. Boy, howdy! I sure hope uh, I sure hope huh? Royal doesn't take more screen time from her in service of this new character, and they actually oh, fix. I will. Oh. I will one hundred percent have a grudge against Kasumi if she takes Haru's screen time. I am going like to everyone's be... enjoying her, but I'm like. Uh... I feel like all Haru fans are like stone, still looking at the screen, unblinking waiting to, to see, see how happens. they deal yeah. with Haru's fucking screen time. Because, okay, so here's, here's a great point. Uh, I've already talk, spoken about why I like Haru, but I'll repeat it, but why do you like Haru so much? What is? I, I am so curious to see if your reasoning is the same as mine. I feel like all Haru fans are kind of like, we're all like, in on it, together, fam. So go, um, go, explain. Look, okay, so like, there's like the general stuff that people always want to talk about. Like, you know, she's hiding a cruel personality underneath. But um, I think the first part is I like her synergy with Joker. Mm. Both of the characters um, work well to, with each other because if you notice in game, they're both the only part of members smiling while they're in, doing the Phantom thief, Phantom thief stuff. Yeah. And this plays into the character of her and also Joker and that they love their job. 
they love being phantom thieves and they do this because this is their form of escape joker has to deal with the fact that he's a criminal viewed in the eyes of the public everywhere else when he's just a regular student and haru has to be the restrained daughter who has her hands tied while the company does everything for her or against her or behind her back yeah yeah and there's so little she can do because you know she's a high schooler what can you do and this job as a phantom thief is the one escape where they feel like their possibilities are endless and they can be freed from their shackles in real life and every other persona character has this too uh, like you know i'm not saying it's only them but these two in particular love their job yeah they love doing it for that escape escapism mm-hmm. two other factors really quick because uh, you know I, you can chime in if you want but sure um I really do appreciate her character arc in the in the confidant. I really wish it wasn't locked out with the max five. Oh, I know, thing, I know, it's the biggest because shame. that prevented people from doing her uh, confidant. That's why so many people don't like her. But she shines so much in the confidant because it's a girl trying to gain her confidence to deal with the adversity that she was thrown for her character arc prior. You know, with her yeah. father's passing, and. It's a really good growth. I enjoy her interactions with um, the um, with the protagonist because she's so appreciative of the fact that you know he's there. She always stresses that you know I can't help but love characters that already like you in return. Yeah, yeah. But I, and I feel that a lot with her compared to everyone else. I mean, you've seen her rejection scene, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. But um, yeah, no, her character arc in her confidant is actually one of my favorites. It's one of my top three alongside Sojiro and um, Kawakami mm, in terms mm. of like my favorite um, confidants. And I just enjoy the fact that she grows from this meek, timid girl to someone who finds strength in her own way. She doesn't have to manifest strength in the punch kicky way that Makoto does. That you know, that's Makoto's thing. Yeah. I like how Haru develops it in her own subdued way where she gets to, you know, tell it through the things she makes. And, you know, For as sure. an artist, obviously, I love that. And um, that's okay. We don't always have to have, like, you know, um, the punch kicky girl, or we don't always have to handle things through brute force or yelling. I like that she has her own way of doing things. And it doesn't have to conform to the wave of we need to make all of these, you know, girl characters, some, you know, upstanding, tough-as-nails <laughs> girl. Because you can be tough-as-nails in a different way. Oh, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, yes, she's still strong. She's wields an axe. She has a grenade launcher. So, obviously, she's extremely tough. It's just the idea of how she handled her problems. That it wasn't what, you know, you would expect or some, or what it wasn't what you would normally see with what people would categorize as a strong female character. Yeah. Because she is still strong, just in her own subtle way. It's funny because, like, um, you're, you're you're giving like all these amazing reasons. It's like I agree with all of them, but then my initial reason for liking Haru the most out of everybody and becoming like a Haru fan was her simple dream. She just wants to <sighs> run a coffee shop. Stop. Oh, this is going to make my heart ache. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I like her. Because like everyone else, it's very much um, like, it's either high drama, and I feel like my second favorite, ironically, I actually really like Arn. Arn isn't oh, yeah, liked, Arne's but yeah, great. I like her a lot. She's just a simple, fun-loving girl, and I'm like, cool, hey, that's awesome. But You want to know just something that's like a headcanon of mine? I'll show you even yeah, shoot. my heart. Just... 
Akira is someone, or Ren, however you want to call him, is someone who dealt with a lot of tiring adversity throughout the year in the game. Yeah. And Sojiro, after you know the initial um, abrasion he gives you, he ends up being like a pseudo father, and like he teaches you coffee, yeah. and he teaches you all these little things to do around the cafe. I think that's set up for what Haru wants to do, mm. and, and there's a lot of synergy there because you know he'll be there to help her out with her little personal cafe, and they could have this little cafe for all their friends to stop by because they all have really big dreams and aspirations, so they'll need a place to unwind. And that's, so that's, that's the thing is that I little cute thing that they can have. You know, I I just love the fact that some they 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 take this. This girl whose future has been handed to her, and she's like, I, I want a much simpler dream than that. My dream is so much more subdued, and I will work my ass off to get that, to get that dream. I to, will to work essentially, my ass like, off to, for to, a to, very simple dream. Yeah, to, that's, literally that's, stepping that down, dream. stepping down from her place of power to, to live comfortably and happy with your life choices. I'm like... Bitch, that's me. <laughs> well, apart from the fucking like the whole like stepping down from a place of power, I never had that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but then like we yeah. still find things to relate with, you know, her character regardless of that. I I relate to wanting to work towards like her her simple dream. It's like I, my my simple dream is to to live comfortably and to be able to work doing something that I enjoy, which I, I do, I enjoy my work, and to pay rent, and to own a cat, and a dog, and to... Thank you, own, thank you so much. To like, own I, a, yeah, to own a house one day, I'd like yeah. to do, and on, it's the kind of thing where it's like, so long as I have a roof over my head, and I'm happy, I, I, don't, I don't care about, like, multiple promotions, and going, I, I just want to live a comfortable life, that's all I want to do, I just want to live a comfortable life, until I'm yeah. dead in the ground. That's all I want. And that's trust me. I have the same dreams. Like I just want to draw for a living, uh, be content, relaxed. Every now and then, do something fun. But overall, I just want to live comfortably in my own space. Yeah, I just I just want to work with video games. I don't want to work on video games because I have I have no talents for that. I can't make a game. But I like to critique games. I like to talk about games. I would like to be a game critic for as long as I can, and hopefully, while doing that, I can entertain people at the same time. Uh, as I said before, like, my dream was to be an entertainer. It's why I went into performing arts, and my dream then was much different. I wanted to be a, a fucking Hollywood actor back in the day, like all these little little shites who <laughs> I go wanted into performing arts. I want to work in Hollywood. I want to be a big-time actor. And then, like, the only job I actually got in Hollywood was being an actor. You may see me as smeared man. In a uh, in 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 Rush, which is a movie that, uh, in 2012. I, I don't get me wrong, extra work pays good money, but boy, is it boring. Um, right. And event, yeah. And eventually, that was like you know, I was like, you know what, that that dream, it's too too dumb. Uh, I'm I'm aiming too high. I'm aiming way too high. And the thing is, is that I know for a fact if if I ever was to get that, I'd feel uncomfortable. You know, I'd feel uncomfortable being in being that high up because I'm. I'm scared of heights. So, <laughs> put myself down at a more comfortable level. As I said, you know, I, I would love to own a house. I'd like to make it my own. I'd like to put little glass containers of my figurines everywhere. I want to I wanna own a little King Charles Spaniel, you know, like, one of the healthy ones. I I've, uh, recently was talking to a friend. Um, apparently, they're doing this thing now where they're actually uh, breeding out all of the um, physical... 
deficiencies that uh, King Charles have, which is really good. They're um, they're breeding them with other dogs, and are essentially uh, breeding out all of the horrendous physical disabilities that these poor little buggers have. So I, I just want my fucking God, doggy. Like, that's one yeah. thing about breeding that I'm just not a big thing on. I don't just, know if I mentioned just, it to you before, but like my mom and I actually uh, do a lot of dog rescue. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Well, that's a fucking cool. holy shit. Talk more about that, please. Like, talk more <laughs> about do- doggy. I like dogs. I'm I'm brooding oh, so God. hard for dogs right so, now. So I'm like, Ugh. if it wasn't, if it wasn't, uh, I I talked about it last month, but uh, my dog recently passed away. His name was Mark. Oh, I saw he that. A, I'm so sorry. Yeah, he was a rescue um, that we got roughly five years ago, where um, he was part of a fight ring back in ah. a small town called San Bernardino in California. Mm. Um. They picked him up, they put him in the shelter, they were going to euthanize him, but we got him before that. And we had such a hard time trying to find him a place uh-huh. uh, to, you know, to be housed. And he ended up staying with us for a while. He ended up being the sweetest dog. That's probably why he didn't do so good as a fight dog. <laughs> and, um, it was roughly around the time where I tried to bring him to a dog park. There was a bad uh, fight that broke Ooh. out between him and another dog, unfortunately. We managed to go out, get out pretty unscathed, but he got fucked up by the other dog. Oh, for goodness and sakes, Paul! I shit. was in the back of my mom's car, just like sobbing because I'm just like, you know, I'm so sorry this had to happen no. to you. And all he could do was start licking up my tears, and that's uh, when I'm gonna cry. I had to keep this dog, and he was my best friend for five. Oh, years. you you actually you actually made a lump in my throat when I heard that. I was, it's like fucking no, Marley just, and me all over again. This dog. <laughs> is incredible my dude he was the nicest dog and any friend of mine that you ask who's met him (laughs) has been the lot like you know such an amazing partner and unfortunately he passed because of cancer imagine that breeding was not the most sanitary or not the best best handled where he came from so he came with a lot of problems already he wasn't able to live a long life but i made sure that those five years were a very strong, fun five years. Hell yeah! That's, 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 that's the thing. That's why I always have such respect for people who um who adopt older dogs or cats. Like dogs, I I, you know, I, I think I had a, what, what was it? No, it was a friend of a friend who adopted a cat who was sixteen years old. Yeah, and I'm you like, give them that little bit of happiness before they pass. That's an amazing thing to do. Yeah, like my that. My mom that, and dad. I'm uh, mm. oh, sorry. I was just gonna continue that. My mom. Uh, we usually try to shuffle a lot of like older dogs to like homes just so that way they can have like you know their twilight hours um li- you know they get to live it in peace sure sure and we also just usually help with like the moving of other dogs and i, I haven't done it in a while because i've moved away already you know i'm not in the same household as my parents anymore but mm. um <clears throat> back then yeah it was a really big thing that we did and uh, now i can help with funds but you know, there's so little i can do while i'm away from the house yeah, but it was something I enjoyed doing. The dogs deserve a good home, or just any pet for you know, in general. Yeah, and sure. That was the one thing that we did together in order to ensure that you know dogs that would be euthanized, we would find them a good place so that way they wouldn't have to. And you know, there's a lot of people who want to adopt in California. That was you know where I lived prior, and it helped that there were mm. so many who were willing uh, to adopt the dog because you know the, another big thing is that like everyone loves to paint, you know, pit bulls in a bad light, but they're some of the sweetest, you know, dogs. I, yeah, pit bulls, uh, I feel so bad for their rep. Um, and I, they're I, just I, very, I, they're very smart dogs because they're painted in a bad light because they're extremely obedient. 
They're very subservient dogs. And because of that, if the owner is bad, they become, you know, well, I was just about habit. to say, I, I, I'm usually a pretty calm person. I'm usually pretty chill. But when I, when I hear about these piece of shit pit bull owners who, who willingly turn their dogs, not into monsters, but turn them into these, these violent creatures when they could have been the most loving, like just genuinely sweet to be around animal. It fills me with such bile and like, anger and it makes me so gen i it's funny right you, you think about, I, 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 I had this moment the other day it was like i'm watching a movie and a character dies and i'm like oh that's sad but then i watched john wick one oh my god yeah, there it is the dog, <laughs> oh the puppy oh, Ooh, so if you haven't watched john wick one i recommend you watch it because oh my actually uh, if you like if you it's like dogs a fucking dog i know i know that the, the whole of john wick is how i feel like every single human being should <laughs> react when they see a dog get hurt the entirety of john wick one and i i love it for this is uh i'm not going to spoil it that much but let's just say a man's dog gets hurt and boy, howdy, does he get miffed. <laughs> and the adventure he goes on is, um, is it's cathartic, some might say. Um, great movie, John Wick, can I just say. Ooh, good film. Oh yeah, for sure. And as dog lovers, you know, it's definitely something to appreciate. John Wick going that far for a dog, oof, mm. tugs at my heartstrings. It's so good, it's so good. Like, literally, I, it, it's, it's a shame that... Um, no, 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 what am I talking about? I was about to go, it's a shame that not many people want to give John Wick a chance. I'm like, what am I talking about? What bullshit am I pulling out of my ass right now? But <laughs> I think it's because of, like, certain people I've spoken to where they're like, oh, John Wick, that's the one with Keanu Reeves in it, right? Because they still haven't dropped the reputation that, you know what, Keanu Reeves, he's back. He's back now, but they, they still see him as like, oh, he was in The Matrix 3. You know, that was, that was a bad movie. But it's like, nah, Keanu Reeves has been back for years, man. Give John Wick a chance. They're amazing movies. Oh, yeah, and the fact that he does his own stunts. Oh, is... that, that one scene in the club where it's just, like, constant, and it's like, oh. Mm. Yeah, no, John, uh, Keanu Reeves is legendary, and I think we've all kind of grown to love this man and how, like, genuinely wholesome he is. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite actors, like, outside of being an actor. He just seems so genuine and, like, obviously I feel like a lot of people fell in love with him with the whole cyberpunk thing at E3. Cyberpunk, yeah. Yeah, that that was uh, very very wholesome, and um, I remember back in the day with the Keanu memes. Do you remember those? Yeah, no, the breathtaking thing. I mean, it was no, great. no, no, not even that. I'm talking way before that. I'm talking the the horribly depressing pictures of Keanu Reeves eating a sandwich on a bench. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, that one I definitely remember. Yeah, those ones. Like that man has been through some shit. He, oh yeah, he has. If you look into it, he's. He's had to deal with a lot, and the yeah. fact that he can stay positive despite that, and like you know, live on and be such a great entertainer, you know, it's something to admire for sure. Everyone should aim to be a Keanu. Everyone should have a Keanu in their lives. He's a he's a darling man, and I love him. And I actually think it John Wick is the film which really made me broody for dogs. I've had this thing lately where it's like I just want to be a dog dad. I just want a dog. Um, but I'm. <laughs> the problem is, is that I have a cat right now, and oh boy, if I were to bring a dog into the mix, she would eat it. Um, it oh it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it, we... could, mm, it could be a Labrador, it could be a massive dog, Jess would eat that dog whole. She she is very territorial. Um, 
So no, I would not want to introduce, especially a little King Charles, and I want to bring that in where Jess can tear it to shreds because uh, she's also a rescue cat. So right. she's fine with people. She's scared of them. Um, I've never seen her interact with a dog, to be fair, but it's cats where the issue comes in. She's yeah. friendly with next door's cat, but when there are like stranger cats, holy shit does the fur fly. Like, oh my god, I having to break up cat fights, like your arms turn to ribbons, and I'm like, Jess, you crazy bitch, get inside, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and I you admittedly don't know much about cats, but I'm a recent cat owner now because um, we have a cute little cat named Kimba, and she's a little monster, but she's also extremely <laughs> sweet. She, knows she somehow manages to balance the two. And um, before Marley passed, uh, we, ha we got her a couple of months back. Those two were inseparable. It doesn't Aww. happen all the time, but like she loved the hell out of that dog. Yeah. And she would, oh, I would always find her sleeping with him every night. And <laughs> it went on for so long, and just after he passed away, God, just it was so sad because... She kept trying to look for him in the apartment. That is the worst. And she kept sleeping on his bed before we had to get rid of it. Oh. It was, took a little time for her to get used to the fact that he wasn't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I Welcome to like the sad having... podcast. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, like, you know, silly, fun, gruesome cat fight, and then here I'm coming back. <laughs> My dog is dead. No! I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry, but... You know, I just wanted to sell the point that, like, you know, depending on how animals are introduced, you know, they might surprise you with how they interact. No, for and sure. With, you yeah. know, my cat, I'm just really glad that she grew to love him. Yeah. And with hopefully any other subsequent pet we get, she can grow to love them too. Yeah. And also, I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if, if, if I, I if, 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 <laughs> sorry, my tongue got legitimately <laughs> tied there. If I went on a tangent from the original question and I... I, I I will be honest. I've forgotten what it was. So <laughs> wasn't it uh, about Haru and her screen time? Yeah, but now I forget where I was even going with it. We would. I I think I just ended up talking about why I love Haru, and then it spun onto dogs, and then it spun onto John Wick, and I'm like, what? But it's what? okay. I mean, like we answered the question regardless. We talked about why she doesn't have screen time. Oh, so for sure. The question but was I, answered. So I, do, I think we can I, move on. I do like to uh, dig into the history of where the fuck I'm going sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, right, gotta put pins in this map of nonsense that is my fucking I mean, I can process. help us get back on track unless you would prefer no, no, that okay. tangents exist. No, tangents no, I, I love tangents in podcasts, I do. Sometimes I'm just curious how the fuck we went from Haru to John Wick. <laughs> um, That's fine, of course. I will move on to another question now. Uh, something which is just a bit fun. But I like this one. It's, it's, it's nice... Short and sweet, potentially, but uh, from Tofu yeah. Shop Senpai, they say, if you could have any job from fiction or otherwise, e.g. Gundam Pilot, what would it be and why? I mean, a long-term obvious one is I would love to be a professional Pokemon trainer. That's I'd always, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to be part of the Elite Four and then have these little shits challenging me and for me to beat their ass into submission. See, I I, I, I I wouldn't be able to do that because I know that putting Pokemon into real life situations. Okay, fine, fair point. I was I was <laughs> expecting to be in the universe, in-game universe. But that's the thing like, is that you know, well, they they got to cut away a lot in the anime. What about all those Pokemon that just fucking die? That Charmander, if Ash didn't come to save him, there'd be a dead lizard on that rock. 
There'd be a dead yeah. lizard, but yeah, you're fucking yeah, cooking right, on that rock. Right, fair point. Fair point. Little Spearow yeah. pecking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, hey, now that you painted a more detailed picture, you know, I understandably this would be a little, <laughs> a little more gruesome for some people to handle. Well, that's the thing. For me, I'd be like, yo, send me to a fucking, uh, send me to a Final Fantasy IX universe. I'd love to be a monster hunter in that world, but I'm like, I would be dead in a day. I'd be dead in a ditch in Final Fantasy IX if I was sent there. I'd be like, right, I'm going to take on this little goblin lad, and he'd throw a knife at my brain, and I'd fucking die and just crumple. I'd just the crumple instantly. The fantasy jobs are usually, you know, sold as a much better experience than they actually are. You know so what? This is a just, hard question to just answer. Just send, you know? send me to an isekai. I will, I will uh, you know, go to a pub, and I'll end up dating a big titty wizard and and have a great time. That'll be my thing. There we go. My favorite job would be big titty wizard uh, data. Owner. Data. Not <laughs> <laughs> You went in a completely different direction. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was like, oh shoot, I'm gonna start a brothel. Wait a second. Nah, that'll be that'll that'll be that'll be a good a good fun time for all the family, all the family. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess if we're going fun, I just be I just do that. Fuck it. I wouldn't even go out and hunt monsters. I'd just be a pub regular. You know, sometimes go out and hunt a slime, get a little bit stronger. Like, right, just a little bit, yeah. Just level up every... Instead of grinding, you just level up every now and then. That's such an interesting concept. Well, yeah, exactly. I'd be like, ah, right, you know, fair enough. Um, right, there are some, like, blue demon girls in that town. Right, I'm off. I'm going there. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, hey, <laughs> I can reciprocate with that. Yeah, you know, why not? Just get sent to a fantasy world and, and live out the, the anime Twitter dream. <laughs> Yeah, no, unabashedly enjoying, you know, fictional um, fantasy women is, I would imagine... The well, to be fair, fantasy women and, and fantasy blokes, there are a lot of, uh, especially... Oh, there's some good fantasy guys there, too. It's just a matter of the fact that most aren't drawn as attractive as I want them to. Exactly! That's the so, problem. So, like, you know, I can't... I can't tell because most times they draw them ugly as fuck. Thank God anime have recently been doing this really good thing like with uh, just making really nice twinks. I'm very, very happy that anime's been getting into that thing lately where I'm just like, right, okay, yep. Anime is now catering for me specifically. I can go to bed now with a smile on my face. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, I just had a little sip of water there. I was talking too much about anime. No, but hey, no, I'm thirsty. glad you agree with me in, in this for the most part. Yeah, just they could have done a little more to cater to, like, you know, much more better looking fantasy guys, but I guess they expect their audience to just be dudes. Yeah. But then not all dudes are only into girls. <laughs> so, you know, it's worth expanding on. You can say that more. again. <laughs> what is what is this question here? I see a question here, and I, I think it was, um, oh. it, we brought it up before the podcast, and I, I think it's it's an interesting one, so I'm I'm going to say it. It's from Hi. at Kid Casual Mark. Hello, Clemson Scruffy. Since you both enjoy RPGs and JRPGs, I wanted to know what exactly are some games of the genre that you've played with legitimately amazing character designs, but was bad overall, and a game that was amazing but had terrible character designs. Would you want to go first? I can go first. Yeah. Um. Even though I don't think they're terrible games, I, my opinion on them in late in uh, recent years has definitely softened a lot. Uh. Back mm. when I was being very hyperbolic towards this series, uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia has designs which are they just look like candy. All of the designs are very pastel. Uh. Very kind of uh, was it pastel? Is that the right pronunciation? But. Uh, the character designs are simple, 
but they they pop and i it's what drew me to the series in the first place was the really um i just love the color palette of hyperdimension neptunia the games themselves are let's just say limited by budget and um sometimes the story and so the character moments can be a little bit like all over the place but whatever um definitely a guilt uh, i'd say they're guilty pleasures of mine but um Hyperdimension Neptunia is one of those, but as for a game that's amazing, that has terrible character designs, now, that's, that's a tough one. I, I, I'd say, you know, fuck your RuneScape, dude. <laughs> little, these oh little... my god, classic RuneScape. Yeah! I don't know if you guys watch, um, what's, his, what's the video called? Tearzoo? But Tearzoo mm. uses RuneScape themes all the time and just it brought me back. Having to hear the music and just hear like see like well, little, I, yeah, I, a little I recently, blood splatter with the number. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently made a video on it, and um, even though I don't think I, I think that the graphics are very charming, I do think that the the game itself, uh, RuneScape, Hello, is it's, it's very addicting, very fun. The graphics are obviously severely limited, and let's just say when you start speaking, especially with the gnomes, they look like Hellspawn. And <laughs> it's, it's yeah, definitely... Do you remember the, the Slayer meme that came from that? It was like the RuneScape gnome? Yeah, yeah. No, that was... Uh, Slayer. I, I, I love that shit. And, uh, but no, I, I still play RuneScape on and off today. Uh, classic RuneScape is great. Um, worth the subscription. Uh, just, yeah, I, I, I love RuneScape. And that, that's my answer for now. I really can't... See, I'm looking at all of my games right now, and I'm like... What game have I played which has garbage designs, but I really, really loved? And I'm having a very, very, very tough time. So you may have, have to something, answer. Yeah. Uh, I'll start off with the first part of the question, and that um, the amazing character designs I would have to put for Final Fantasy Thirteen. But Really? I just... I, it's like it's weird. I have a weird love-hate relationship with this game. There are so many things that pissed me off playing this game, mm. but ultimately I still ended up liking it, so I guess that would be like my quote-unquote bad experience. Cause I I, that, I'd I think say... A it, 5 out of 10. It was average. It was okay. I, I enjoyed it. 13's but... designs... Sorry, I will, I'll let you finish this. I need to jump in. 13's designs are so hit and miss for me. Um, mm -hmm. I've never been a fan... I can't say I've never been a fan of Lightning's design. I just think Lightning's design is... Uh, I, the, the, the design for me in 13, which I loved, was I love everyone else's design. Fucking <laughs> fang. Oh my Ooh. god. You, get, you have that accent, you have that outfit, you have her mom energy. If good, I, if I could... Uh, thankfully, Final Fantasy Opera Omnia will be having Fang as a character very soon, so I will be rolling for that bitch, because goddamn, she is... Uh, she's a, a tasty number, is old Fang. Um, other than that, I guess some of the summons and the, like, the Shiva design, I think, is inspired. That's hilarious, the Shiva design, to be honest. I, I still I remember that, a, um, hmm. that Adolon and Eidolon, however you pronounce it. But, yeah, um, I was a big fan of Saza's design, I love the costume design of like the other characters and just the creatures that you see in it. And, you know, it's Final Fantasy fair. You know, they do good stuff in general, but just I love the designs of the game. The handling of it was average at best, sure. mediocre at worst. Um, for you know, a game with amazing that was amazing but terrible designs. I don't. I wouldn't say terrible designs, but uh, you know, similar to how you say RuneScape, it just looks bad. Mm. And that's um, Dragon Age Origins. 
because like I oh, love this game to bits. I freaking yeah. love Dragon Age, but God, it shows its age so bad. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, you want it wrong. Now. That's why um, PC mods exist to hopefully make the game prettier. But if you just play the base game, which is what I did um, back then, mm. there is so little to say about its graphics. Yeah. How all the characters look. They really don't look their best in it. The armor looks very muddy. The faces look very muddy. And if you take off their clothes, you think, oh, you know, they'd look amazing. Haha, <laughs> they're nude. But no, they have like weird diaper looking underwear and they look, and the bodies look really strange. Just that game, as much as I love it, visually, it just, it, it looks like the color palette mm. is such a vomit. <laughs> You know so what? I I thought of one, but I I need to preface this by saying that I actually love the Dragon Quest games, and I do like the designs. I do. I love God. the the uh, is it Toriyama the artist? Yes, Akira Toriyama. Yeah, it is. Okay, just so I did, just want to be clear. Um, I love them. I do, but some of the monster designs, I I just think that. It's strange because I really do love his designs sometimes, but some of them, I've, I've just never been a big fan of some of the monster designs in Dragon Quest, like, especially the the pun names that they have. So, like, wait, like, the game is being very, very serious, and then you come across, like... Killcumber. The, you come, or, like, the roly-poly-moly or something like that, and you're like... I, I just imagine being in that game's universe, and they're like, ah, oh, Derek's been killed by a roly-poly-moly. And they're like, oh, I can't oh, believe they can't yeah. be having it. Or they've been they've been killed by a cool cumber. So it's the tonal shift that kind of throws you off. Yeah, a little bit. I know it's such a nitpick. It's such a fucking big baby bitch nitpick. But <laughs> it's just little thing. Yeah, and it's like it's the same with Pokemon as well. Uh, you know, like uh, the the little pun names. I I'm I'm very much a a weird person with that. Where I I imagine being in the oh especially the anime which just fucks me off. I, I hate how they still say their names. I hate it. I hate it because you'd expect... Okay, so I, all I imagine are these these Pokemon scientists going out into the wild and being like, like you know that new Pokemon, a Poltegeist? What do we name it? Well, that's the thing, is that, right, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a Poltegeist and it's in a teapot, right, okay, but then the Pokemon just says its name and they're like, oh, it did the work for us. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's why that there's the and I, it drives me insane. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb, but it's always bothered me about the anime where I imagine them discovering these new creatures and it's like oh there's Psyduck. Or like oh look at that duck Pokemon and he he's got like ah oh, he's got a bit of a headache because of all his psychic energies and it goes Psyduck and they're like oh brilliant just did it for us. You know and it's, it's oh it just it's so so dumb. It's such a stupid nitpick for me to bring up, but... Uh, no, it, I mean, like, no, it makes sense. I would imagine, like, hey, the scientists make a name, and then the Pokemon are like, okay, we gotta relay this message to every other similar species that this is our name now. It is, it's, why, it's why I love it's why I love certain Pokemon that don't say their name, and they just make noises. Like, have you seen... I, I'm actually gonna... I'm gonna oh, make Star a point. Oh, Staryu and Starmie. Oh, yeah, was it? Yeah! And... Yeah! And... Oh! <laughs> Starmie's my favorite Pokemon. I love Starmie. Um... I'm going to get a tattoo of it soon, actually. That's um, actually incredible. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be getting it like... Um, I, I want it to be designed like church glass. Uh, so it's kinda, it looks like a, like a church glass kind of thing, but it's in Starmie's general design and color scheme. Um, I think that would be really, really nice. I kind of want that maybe on my the underside of my wrist. 
Um, but yeah, so anyway, I went off topic. Uh, I'm, I'm going to insert here what Guzzlord sounds like. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just a guy I, screaming. And I'm like, you know what? That, that, who, I wish... Who okayed that? I, no, I love it. I love it. It's so stupid, but I love it. it. It's just the sound of somebody screaming in agony, and I'm like, yo, that Pokemon just, it, 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 it exists to be in pain. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. Existence is pain. Yeah, and like, there are other Pokemon as well, like Lucario, who speaks like a human, and otherwise he just kind of grunts, and I'm like, yeah, that, that's, what I, that's what I like. That's what I like. I don't like it when Fucking Pikachu rolls up and he's like, ah, oh, Pikachu, Pika Pika. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's such a fucking old man with this. I don't know. I feel like I'm not the only one who's, who thinks like this. Um, it's why I like the games and they just make dumb noises until fucking Pikachu comes up with Pika Pika bullshit. Fuck you, Pikachu. I love you, though. You're very cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I can't deny Pikachu's cute, but I'm also just like, oh, man, Pokemon is like one of the biggest... Uh... One of the biggest uh, perpetrators of oversaturation of certain things. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Okay, so I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna end the podcast with this question, because um, oh. it's quite a fun one. But I'm curious about what yours is. From at Robert Guti, they say any weird, fun dreams that you remember or managed to write down before forgetting that were just very cool or interesting ideas, if inapplicable, just any fun story ideas you had growing up. Either your favorite medium or original concepts. It's funny. Um, I do have a concept, but like before I say all that, I just want to say, hey, shout out to all the people who still have nightmares of um, going back to school for some reason. Because like I definitely get those. I and had I don't know one if anyone of those. else has to deal with those either, but like I feel like I have to do high school work, even though I know I'm supposed to be like I guess a college student. Yeah. I have to do college yeah. stuff, or like I have to do like these weird things. I'm just thrusted back into that crazy system where we somehow managed to go to an institution for who knows how many hours just to sell our souls and sell our souls to like these, you know, to these colleges or these companies that are looking at our, you know, our academic prowess. Yeah. And I'm just glad that it's over, even if it wants to haunt my dreams. But, yeah. you know, back to the more positive aspects of this question. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of sci-fi dreams because Ooh. one of the things that I enjoy, you know, especially when it comes to like sci-fi is the coexistence of many different species. Okay. Or if it doesn't even have to be coexistence, just how do they interact with each other? And it's partly why I really hate how sci-fi is always done as the we need to go to war with all these different things. Yeah, yeah. I would I like established um, established things and like you know oh yeah so is that like Star Wars and I'm like no it's like Mass Effect <laughs> the fuck out sure of sure sorry just no I don't it's okay. Star Wars I love Star Wars but then at the same time it's like, I oh, don't yeah, that's, the only one that's, as, that's the one that's brought up as, for as examples all the time but I'm like you want true synergy between multiple different species you play Mass Effect. Yeah. But also, sorry. Let me anyway. let me just say, I uh, I like the original, the original like, seventies or eighties Star Wars. I don't like any of the modern ones at all. That's fine. That's, that's fine. me. That's me done with that. Just getting people. my opinion out there. That's plenty. Of, like, there's plenty of people who agree with you on that. Oh, for but, sure. Um, in regards to the dreams, though, there are a lot of like sci-fi concepts that I would love to write as stories, mm. and that's actually part of where my one OC came from. 
You guys okay. might know her. Her name is Shiv. She's like the bright haired, bright green oh. hair with the eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the really, the really kinky, messed up one. Sure. <laughs> a bit of a killer. She came. She came from a universe. Um, before she was a Thirst OC, which clarification, Ooh. Thirst OC was a fun game I played with a lot of artist friends. We're like, hey, let's combine all the possible thirsts we know into one OC. Amazing. And that's how she was born. But in concept, though, for her world. It was a sci-fi thing that I had that I've dreamt up many different times of like this <clears throat> organization of assassins from many different like planets uh, who are tasked to deal with crime and, and like, you know, people from across different, uh, different systems. Yeah. And she was one of them and I believe is the representative for humans. And, mm. you know, I wanted to do more than that where she's, you know, obviously she has to deal with, like, other, like, you know, um, assassins, whether they work with her or work against her. And that is a concept I've been wanting to do for a while. It's just that since I'm doing the ACAU, which is, like, you know, the AU I do for Persona, and I'm... Why don't you quickly Persona, give like, people a bit of, um, establish, establish exactly what that is? Because that, that's something that you're, um, you're definitely working very hard on right now on Twitter, and uh, obviously since we're almost at the point where you, um, you plug yourself... Just uh, what exactly are people going to be getting into with this uh, alternate universe? Yeah, hey, if there's new people who want to get into it, that's cool by me. Um, I have created this thing called the Adult Confidant AU, or the ACAU. And the whole idea of it is, what if the original Phantom Thieves switched roles with the Adult Confidants of the game? So hmm. you would have characters like Sojiro, Kawakami, Iwai, you know, Ichiko. And they get to be the ones in the high school situation, while characters like Futaba, Yusuke, Makoto, they are all the adult confidants in the game. They're the adult mentors, or the yeah. ones who have like their lives ruined by you know society. Mm. And it starts off with Sojiro being the protagonist, because he's actually my favorite Persona 5 character, for anyone who doesn't he's know. He's great. It's not Haru, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> even though I love her too. But yeah, Sojiro is a protagonist. And this takes place in the same modern day. This is not in the past. Yeah. It's the same modern day, just the role switched. So just basically any character that was prominent in Persona 5 has been swapped of their role and swapped of their age of like, you know, some sort of rough amount. So it's not like completely exact, but the whole idea is that, hey, let's tell the story in this different perspective. Sure. So Sojiro gathers the band of the Phantom Thieves and they go to tackle the cruel adults who are, you know, governing society and it's his job to help, you know, other distraught adults like an adult An, an adult Futaba, an adult Yusuke, you know, how, you know, get them through their issues, do cool, you know, social link stuff. And if you want to check it out, it's, uh, I have all the important parts of it compiled in, an, mm. in my moment uh, in my um, Twitter. So yeah. if you right click my profile and you look up moments, it'll come up. And it's also my pinned tweet. Fantastic. You see, it's, it's yeah, funny because, just... like, uh, I guess I guess that does answer part two of that question as well, which is really good. Um, sorry, you were talking about um, dr dreams, right? You were talking about your um... yeah. I mean, like, yeah. hell, this was this has been a long time thing I wanted to do. I guess it also counts as a dream. I wanted to do this was a fun little um, aside or AU that I thought of, you know, on a whim, and I actually dreamt of before I started. Ah, it. okay. And I thought, okay, this will be really cool because, hey, I like Sojiro. What is Sojiro going to look like in his prime? And, you know, came about yeah. that. And the AU kind of roughly takes place, like, 
in the end ending ending years because like they always like to do it in the middle of high school but here it's like high school is ending Mm. and they're going to be thrusted into the adult world and it's a perspective i want to tackle yeah so joe's like um he's like his he's in his third year he's 18 and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life and the phantom thief thing will be something as a distraction from growing up in a way you know yeah so that's the that's what I want to accomplish, and it's a comic I do want to write. It's just I have, have a lot of like responsibilities, of course, that of are course. keeping me from fully writing it. But once it does come out, you know, I hope you guys look out for it. Hell yeah, exciting times! You see, it's funny because I feel like like you said that, and my one's going to be that I dreamt I poo pooed in my pants. <laughs> I my my fucking dreams are dumb as shit, and I'm going to make this nice and snappy because obviously we're at the end of the show now. But um, I, I guess one of the weirdest dreams. Uh, which which I mentioned on Twitter a few days ago when so I was replying to somebody is a uh, I, I I was in like a giant rotating cube, a big rotating cube, but the inside of the cube was like an empty club, you know, like a nightclub, and uh, some of the lights were going, you know, you could kind of smell that dry ice, but in it oh boy. was a very furious golem from Lord of the Rings, right? So you know, like where his eyes are all like sheeny and like animalistic, and he's like fucking going crazy, and he's like, ah, blah, blah. he's like fucking going mental. And so I'm in this rotating cube, and it was really scary because every single time he'd get close to me, the cube would rotate, and we'd tumble away, and he'd be trying to grab me. So I'd be trying to run away from Gollum, and then when I'm far away, the cube would rotate, and he'd fall towards me, and I'd be like, ah! So it was like this constant rotating nightmare where I'm just trying to get away from this crazy little Gollum, trying to like claw up my bum bum. It was really frightening. <laughs> it was a scary dream, dude. I didn't like it's it. Scary, but just oh, <laughs> I don't know why that's so. It's silly. It's it's. I, I get that it could be scary, but it's it was it was scary. But he's fucking got big sharp claws, and you could see what he did to Sam and Frodo. He bit off Frodo's finger. What more could he do? He he fucking ate, he eats orcs. He's a naughty little boy, that Gollum. He killed his brother for a bloody ring. Not his brother, it was his cousin. I'm a fucking idiot. I fucking need to watch Lord of the Rings again. I can't believe it. Just an excuse to watch it again. Yeah, I like Lord of the Rings. It's brushed up on the lore. I can't wait for the new Amazon Lord of the Rings series where they fuck it up. (laughs) There's this really funny post on Twitter where just like, you know, um, it was like, you know how like you're never too old to do things like it, but it was like a different twist where like Hannibal Lecter was like 50 something when he managed to escape from prison or the Joker was in his 30s when he <laughs> you know, enacted his evil deeds. And then someone on the cut below was said, was like, Gollum was pushing 600 when he finally got the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like really that. Fun. That's good. That's good. Uh, like never, it's never too late for your dreams. It's never too good for you, Gollum. You did it, fam. <laughs> you did it. I'm glad. Okay, so now we are at the end of the show, so I think it's about time that uh, my lovely guest here uh, plugs themselves a bit. For example, where can people find you? Um, on like Twitter, for example. Yeah, um, you could find me on Twitter under Scruffy Turtles. You know, keep up to date with like all my art, and I'm actually planning to open commissions if you're interested um, later in the month. You can also find me on Tumblr under the same handle if you know you're still using it, because I know some people have left. <laughs> but um, those are the two main places you could find me, and I stream fairly often. So if you ever, if you guys ever want to drop by, you know, say hi. You know, you're welcome to do that too. What's your uh, t- uh, t- name when you stream? Uh, it's under Picardo under Turtle Time. Turtle Time. Okay, and uh, is is Picardo like a drawing streaming thing? Yeah. So as opposed to Twitch, Picardo is a little more. Um, 
uh, catering to artists in particular. Right. And it's okay. also like, hey, if you do some NSFW because like, you know, nudity is not a big deal for like, you know, artists. Yeah. You go there because Twitch is a little more, you know, strict about that. A so little that's more. Why you go there. <laughs> a little more, but obviously a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, that's fantastic. So obviously, guys, if you want some uh, some nice background noise or you want to watch some uh, watch some art and get comfy in the in the cold winter months, then uh, go ahead and go check them out. So I obviously want to thank everybody for tuning in again and listening to another episode, and I, I hope you'll enjoy what I'm going to be pumping out next in terms of uh, video-wise. It's, oh, it's going to be an interesting one. So we will see. But yeah, uh, thank you so much, Scruffy, for joining me, and I'd love to have you back eventually. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure, and I would love to be back for like something like this or just to talk, whatever works. Fantastic. Good stuff. All right, thank you so much for joining, everybody. Bye-bye. Adios.